You're listening to the Three Ropes Podcast with Scott Fineout. With Scott Fineout on the HTW Network. Tom Mitchell. Scott Fineout, how's it going? Good, man. Thanks for being here today. You know, on the, on the second, uh, we've made it to two episodes so far without being canceled. I don't know if that's a brag. It should be. It should be a brag. Yeah, I agree. If you watch the first one, it should be a brag. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but hey, man, I really appreciate you coming in here. And, um, you know, you're one of my favorite. I got to be honest. You're one of my favorite people in wrestling that I've met. And, uh, you know, I really liked working with you at PPW. I thought it was uh, it was really a good time that we both had and we both learned a lot from each other. So I'm like, you know, when I get on, you know, Alex is like, you, you got to do a podcast. And I was like, all right, well, I'll do a podcast. But I want to talk to the people that, like, you know, meant a lot to me in wrestling. And you're definitely up there. Um, so I, I really appreciate you being here and just kind of uh, divulging your life, uh, so to speak. Um, so thanks. <laughs> it means a lot. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I knew that you talked about doing a podcast for a while. So it's perfect now with uh, high tension that I was give you the opportunity. And I'm honored to be one of your first guests. Well, second guest, I should say. Yeah, the first one was a bit bumpy, and a lot of people are going to watch that and go, oh, my goodness. And I, I'm still here. You know, it's the definition of, like, you know, you got to keep getting up. You know, you're going to get knocked down. I certainly did. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, you know, it'll, it's something we'll learn. So, so look, you, you, you grew up um, in York, Pennsylvania. Um, what, what is that like? What, what is there to do out there? Um, so York uh, is, is a nice size town. I really liked it because it's not like, complete like country like the walmart's like five ten minutes from my house like there's like all like the main chain restaurants right there and stuff but it's not like that safe feel where it's like i don't feel like safe at night let's say or like i'm constantly like being kept up by like i don't know like police sirens or like anything crazy like that like so it's, it's a really nice sound because i'm like i don't know it's the perfect size it's between like a, a suburban housing so i just really liked it um just growing up in new york for lack of a better term I find that there's like a different level of cities, right? Like if you have a sports team, if you have like four sports teams, you're like a huge city. If you have like one sports team, you're getting there. You get like a minor league city, but you guys have the fast food. And I know you're not a big fast food guy, but it, it shows the demographics of the area. Man, there's people here. They're, they're going to sit in line and, and eat. And I've always found like, hey, man, I need to live in at least a place that's got like a Wendy's or a Burger King. Even if I don't frequent it, it means that there's people around. You know what yeah. I mean? definitely <laughs> but yeah man it's cool and and uh you uh your childhood um kind of normal I, it seems like me and you kind of grew up similar in where um we had you know a strong family uh support and everything like that uh what was what was your childhood uh growing up like you, you have you have a couple brothers mm -hmm. yeah so i have an older brother and a younger brother um and us three we were all like big wrestling fans when we were growing up um kind of more when we got towards high school um they would still watch it more in a more casual way but you know still fully invested con consistently watching it but uh wrestling played a huge part in our lives growing up uh, my uncle was the one who actually got us involved in wrestling when we were three um i remember my very first moment in wrestling i was sitting in my mom's bed and we were watching wrestlemania 18 and the rock and hulk hogan were staring down no idea who those two were at the time i was like three years old but i just remember feeling something like just feeling yeah. some kind of way when they're staring and like everyone was cheering. I was like, whoa, this is really cool. So that was my introduction um, to wrestling. And yeah, uh, growing up, did, did sports, um, was was a singer actually uh, too growing up. Uh, did was in chorus, did musicals, plays. So um, I, was, I was pretty well versed in a bunch of stuff growing up. You ever think about like getting in a band? Or were you kind of like just... I was in a band, actually. Yeah, um, I was, okay. I was a drummer in a band. Uh, my older brother was a lead singer, and a couple of our buddies uh, were a guitar and bassist. Uh, we, had, we had a couple of songs out. We uh, did a concert, too, but it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, the one, our bassist moved to uh, he moved to Tennessee, I believe. And then, uh, yeah, I just got really busy with a bunch of other projects. Like I said, I was involved in, like, football, uh, track at the time. Um, and then course musicals and stuff so i was just spread way too thin i was like band kind of had to take a back seat yeah you kind of been uh you, you i i know you as like a creative guy you know like and you're always like trying i i, I do that too like i get into the, the plans where i'm like okay let's do a project and it's so great to start and then it's like oh my gosh i've got seven projects and i don't know how i'm gonna balance all these things and um i guess that's what being a drummer helps too right you have to keep mm -hmm. a lot of uh, things in your head at the same time you, you that yeah. kind of guy Mm -hmm. yeah so um my parents always joke with me they're like 
you like you always have 50 things going on at once and like you can't function if you don't have 50 things going on um nowadays like that's kind of cooled down but definitely growing up i was like oh like i need to do be doing this 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 like i didn't like having free time because i was like oh that's time i could be doing something more productive or like better in myself yeah um, but with the pandemic and stuff like i hadn't really had a choice but just kind of like relax stay home so how is that? Uh, how has the pandemic um, kind of shifted your opinion? I, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people go, man, I was going crazy and, and I was working hard and I was working too hard and I had to shift back. And then I've heard other people say, you know what? I wasn't pushing myself hard enough and I need to I need to really get on my game and, and really start pushing myself. How is that? How has the pandemic affected uh, you? What have you learned about yourself during this time? Um, So the pandemic for me, um, when like it first started, I was like, oh my god like pretty much a bunch of things and like my personal world were like coming down like uh pbw obviously um they started canceling shows um my graduation my college graduation got canceled um i was joining the tennis team at that time because like i said i need like 50 things to do at all times and i was like oh i still want to be an athlete let's let's do tennis uh that got canceled right um and of course like um all in-person classes at a time so for me it was just really difficult um because I like seeing my friends um, at school. I feel like that got taken away from me. And I was just like, man, like this just feels so wrong. I feel like I got robbed of like my last few months of college, like the college experience. Um, so it was pretty tough for me um, at first. And I, like not being able to graduate with my friends, like having to have a virtual graduation that like maybe a quarter of my class showed up to. It was just tough. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's always interesting. You know, you go to college for so long and you're like, you got it in your head. Like, man, I know what it's going to look like when I walk across that stage. I know how I'm going to feel. I've got, you. You've, at least for me, I had all these like preconceived things where it's like, oh yeah, this is how it's going to feel because I watched it in the TV shows or whatever. Mm -hmm. I seen somebody else do it. It's got to be a, it's got to be a shift up. And, and did you, did you take any classes online? Did you have to, did you have to end college? Where were we in the timeline there? Were you taking classes online through Zoom and stuff like that as well? Yeah. So, um, starting like the middle of March, I graduated, uh, about middle May, um, and so from middle of March to middle, early May, um, it was uh, Zoom University at that point where I just had to meet with my teachers. Some teachers made classes um, like require that you be there and others were just like, yeah, like you can show up, like I'll present a lecture, but just make sure that you take the test. So at that point, as a senior, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm clocked out. Like, I don't want to even be here. It was like earth science classes as a sport management major. It's just like, I, I don't need to be in that class. So... <laughs> No, I, I get it, dude. Uh, talk about that for a minute about like the sports management thing. Like in high school, were you like, were you like, um, were you the jock? Were you the guy that like played all the time? Or were you like, uh, who, who were you in high school? Were you the artsy guy, the popular dude? Who were you? Um, it's funny because I kind of had a hand in like every friend group, like, because I was like, I got to hang out with like, the drama click kids, like the popular kids, the jocks, like. I could, I pretty much like hung out with everybody, but like I wasn't really like attached to one group. Um, right. so, so um, it was nice because like I felt like I could kind of like just shift around groups and not really have an issue. But at the same time, it was like wasn't really close to too many people in high school. So like I had a lot of friends, but I didn't have a lot of close friends. So right. it was, I mean, I liked it though. Um, I don't really have any regrets about that because I enjoyed just being able to like hang out with everybody and kind of like I wanted to like break down like the like walls of like oh like football player oh he's doing musical oh as a guy he must be gay was like one of like the big like misconceptions that i always heard in high school and i was just like no like i just enjoy like music like i don't care what other people think and like people who would really judge me um they're not gonna be there for me in the next like three or three or five years and those people aren't so you know that doesn't surprise me you know when i met you first i i told paul i go wow like this guy's this guy seems older, like you, you're, you're mature for your age and, and you get it like, and, and it's not like, oh, he's so mature. It's like you, you get it. You understand how life works where, you know, I'm going to do something and I want to have fun doing it. And if you don't like it, that's fine, but I'm going to continue to do it. And I, I love that about you. Um, and you, you seem really put together. Um, does that come from like your parents, like a good upbringing there? Or is that just mm -hmm. something you've always strongly willed? Like, I'm just, this is me. <laughs> um, I believe it was a combination of things. So obviously my upbringing had a big part to do with like the man I turned into nowadays. Um, but also it was just like some mental things because like me and my brothers aren't uh, the exact same, even though we all had like the same upbringing, like we're all like, 
uh, very different from each other. So, um, I mean, there's definitely that own personal side to it where um, I like had like that will to just kind of be like, you know what, I don't care what other people think about me. Um, but also like my mom and dad both just being like, yeah, like pursue your passions, like just uh, follow your dreams. You can do it, anything that you want kind of deal. So I'm um, definitely didn't make sure of the both. Well, one thing you did do in high school that I want to get into is um, you played for the Trojans, right? Of York Suburban. Is that correct? Yes, did sir. I did my homework right. You did, now, man. I'm impressed. What's that like, man? What's that like playing high school sports? I know a lot of people that watch wrestling. They're not exactly the athletic type at times. Um, what's that like playing sports in high school? Um, so it's funny because um, freshman, sophomore year of high school, I was actually in the marching band. And then sophomore year, I was sitting in the stands. I just remember one game. I was like, man, I should be on that field. Like, I was, <laughs> like, I was just thinking, I was like, man, this is kind of like, it was nice. Like, I got some of like, my closest friends from marching band who are still like close friends to this day. But I was like, man, like this is I don't feel right up here. Like I was starting to hit my growth spurt. Um, I was getting in the gym. I was like, no, it's, it's time to play football. It was actually time to be on the field. Um, so junior, I really didn't get too much playing time. Um, as I was still trying to like, you know, learn the ins and outs of the team and stuff. But uh senior year, uh got a good amount and man, it it's just such a rush, like hearing like the crowd like roar and stuff, and like, you know, like wearing your jersey around all day, uh Friday, going to classes and stuff um and then of course just like the bond of the team and my senior year we were really good like we won our uh we won our county like championships and stuff um we made it to districts we got eliminated in the first round but still it was a we were good it was, it was a blast um we were a close-knit group of seniors at the time um and we just had a really good team it was it was just so much fun man just so did you fun. did you play like peewee football or, or and, and got um, out of it for a little bit or is that your like your first football exposure yeah, so in fourth grade, uh, I played one year of peewee football, um, and the team went zero and ten. I was like, "This is awful. I hate this." Like, I was like, "I like football, but like, I don't like losing." Um, so I was like, "I'm, I'm done with this." Yeah, shifted mainly to focusing on basketball at the time, and then uh, went back to football. Like, like I said, uh, sophomore year of high school, I was like, "Man, like, I gotta give it another go." Like, I don't want to just be like, feel like a just in band my whole my whole high school career. So then, so then, okay. So then you, you play peewee football in fourth grade, you get out of it for a little bit and then you're in the marching band and you, and you think I want to play football and, and, and as crazy as that is, right. That's awesome. But what the crazy part is, is you get lined up in the defensive backfield, which I, I have to think is, is probably one of the most stressful spots to be on the field. Uh, how, how did you end up there? Did you want to get there? Or was it, you know, how, how did you end up in the defensive backfield here? Yeah, so um, originally junior year, they had me at cornerback, but um, I just knew myself. I was like, I'm probably not too athletic enough to play quarterback, uh, cornerback. Um, and then senior year, we got a new head coach, and he saw me. And at this point, I'm like six foot, like 170. He's like, you're a safety. Like, you're not playing corner. Um, so um, the position he had me playing safety-wise, it was like a hybrid between like a safety and outside linebacker. Um, so just depending on like the coverage and stuff, I'd either roll down or I'd stay up high. Um, so, um, I, so I didn't really get too crazy much playing time as a safety actually my senior year. I got most of my playing time on offense at tight end. Um, but yeah, a couple of injuries or whatever, I was playing a little safety, um, just enough to get recruited. So, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, you. yeah, <laughs> yeah, work, work down the end, but. Um and, and how's your high school coach? Is he like is he the traditional like um uh guy that you're gonna watch in the movies where he's super motivational or was how how was he? Um he he just had a really good football mind. Um he came from actually a college program, which was nice, where like he won like national championships at like the JUCO level and stuff. And wow. his kids um are like growing up and he's like, I don't want to be too far away from my kids, so like high school coach and he actually just retired this past year because his kids are playing high school now and he's like i don't want to like miss their games because i'm coaching on friday nights so um he was more of just like um kind of like explain to you what you did wrong um type of guy but like if you make the same mistake twice then that's when like he'd snap at you like (laughs) like you don't make the same mistake twice with coach lauks kind of you start running the steps real quick every day right I, mm. yeah uh, so okay so you're out of high school and and you get to misericordia and what makes you choose that why why do you end up uh, in, in dallas pennsylvania um, so i don't know like if you had this experience when you went to full sale for the first time but you just like kind of stepped on campus like 
you're just walking around seeing the people and you're like, wow, this just feels so right. Um, yeah. So I just remember yep. um, sitting in the admissions office after I just took my tour. I was like, mom, this is where I'm going. Because uh, it was me and my mom on the tour. And um, she's like, okay, yeah, like, let's see what financial aid and stuff is. And um, thankfully, they gave me a nice uh, like academic package. Even though I was, I was an okay student in high school, like I got like good grades and stuff, but not, I was never like top of class or anything like that. So like the academic package they gave me kind of blew me away only to find out that the, uh, uh, the head coach's wife works in admission. So <laughs> she might have a little bit to do with that. That helps. Yeah. So like, I wasn't complaining. So no, um, but yeah, um, it was fine. Like I said, I wasn't, I didn't play an extreme amount in high school. So, um, misericordia and like two other schools, like, like uh juco schools were the only ones who really offered me but Ms. Corey was the only school i really looked at for football um and i was like yeah you know what like talking to the coaches and stuff talking to um a couple of the guys on the team i really just felt it felt right there and talking and uh, i sat in one of the classes as well and i was just really impressed by it yeah it's really good you talk about like getting onto campus and i did feel that at full cell where you get on there and it's it's not even like it wasn't even literally like a, a like a championship feel like, yes, I did it. It's more like I'm comfortable. Yeah. This is good. I can learn here. And and it didn't really matter about like um if they had won the national championship or you know, you're you, you become an adult real quick in that decision where you're like, you know, maybe four years before when you're in ninth grade, you're like, I wanna go to like a championship football team so I can go to every game and and then you start mm-hmm. thinking like, no, no, I have to learn. This is like a future here that I have to <laughs> to invest. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it, it's really it's comfort that uh, that I think led me to to want full sell. Um, and and it it's something that it's just it's it's really weird to think about when when you think about colleges. You're like, man, I want to on the list of things you think about, comfort is not one of them. But it seems to be that's the biggest one. Um, you get into the sports management. Um, uh, degree here in, in program, should I say, in Misericordia. Well, why did you choose sports management? Was it something that uh, uh, just in your history of playing sports in general? Uh, kind of a combination of that. And plus, growing up, I was always like the big like sports statistician, like the big sports nerd. Like, I'm pretty much like, was kind of, I don't know if notorious is the right word for it, but I was just kind of like known for that, like, especially like middle school, or early high school, where it's just like, oh, like, I don't know. I remember there was one time specifically, um, Ed Reed called an interception. Uh, you know, a big Ravens fan. I was like, oh, that's Ed Reed's eighth interception this year. Five seconds later, the announcer, Ed Reed just called the eighth interception. <laughs> or just <laughs> this year. I was like, wow, well, like, like I knew that before the announcer even did. Like I like I was just like rapid fire like that. Um my my friends call me the Rain Man of Sports, like so it was just <laughs> sports were always um just a huge part of me. Um both like when I was playing and just like studying and researching. So I was like sport management perfect in the career and in that field one day. So you're the guy I want on team trivia night when the sports yeah. section comes up. Yeah. When the sports question come up, I was, I was, that was a guy. Was that like, was that like um, just pro sports or did you, when you watch a sports game, like if you're in high school, for instance, or college and you're watching a game, are you like, Oh guy, that, that guy's three for five. I know he is. He hit, he hit a, he hit a double two innings ago like or you know what i mean like you just sit there and watch a game like that or is it just something uh, that sticks with you um how do you do that when i was Tell younger I, def- I definitely was like um, oh my god like say like basketball like oh my god he's only shooting like roughly like 30 percent right now like he's got passed like he's gotta get the ball off like but then like getting out uh, more into college i just try to enjoy it more as a fan because i kind of hated how this game was just like overly critical about everything so it's like at the end of the day like playing for fun i mean they're playing obviously a uh, pro level like they're playing for money and stuff but like um like with contracts but which is like at the end of the day like a sports it's fun like i shouldn't have to dissect it this hard yeah <laughs> it's fun too though yeah can, um with with uh with college sports you played football um what's the differences between the high school level and the college level um, the biggest different, well, there's two biggest differences I'd say, um, besides like obviously like the size of the kids. Um, so the speed of the game is much faster when you get to college. Um, and then, um, having to actually learn the playbook in uh, college is a lot more difficult because like we could have like, say like 10 base coverages, but depending on what the receiver does or what like the offensive lineman does, like whoever we're keying, like reading that point. Uh, there could be like five different things different we could do like 
oh, the receiver runs a slant. Okay, now I got to sit like eight yards or so. Like, oh, he, um, the receiver is going to block. Okay, well, now I got to fill the alley. Like, there's just a bunch of different responsibilities in each coverage. Um, and it's like, is like high school football, um, is it a slimmer playbook or is it that um, there's not those variations that you consider? You, you consider going out 10 yards and hooking around for like a hook. You know what I mean? Like that kind of yeah. thing. Like, do you, you, do you not get the variations in high school as you would in college? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, in high school, like I maybe had like three variations to do and like maybe like five plays to learn. Like it was yeah. very basic, um, pretty much because, you know, kids were trying to learn offense too at a point. Like you played both ways in high school. So, um, they didn't want to like overwhelm you. Um, college though. You only play on one uh, position, so it's like, okay, here's everything. Like, you, we want to throw these uh, offenses so many different looks, and it's like half the time we get to the game, and it's like, okay, we, we're going to run, like, six different defenses instead of, like, the 15 we put in. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, my, my, buddy, uh, my buddy Adam played college football for a little bit, and uh, he said that the study hall really helped him. He said if he didn't play football, he probably wouldn't have graduated college because they're so stringent. It, it was it was that the case in Misericordia where they like did they have scheduled study halls for you guys, make sure that you you did your work, or was it kind of on you? Yeah, so as a freshman, um, you're required to go to study hall, and then if you're a sophomore above, if you didn't have, I think was you like a three zero or two five, if you didn't have like a certain grade percentage, then you have to go to study hall as well. Um, and that definitely helped me um, my first year. Um, and then I got good enough grades where I had to go like sophomore through senior year but that first year it was like yeah like it's nice to just like block out some time just to focus on um school work and one of our assistant coaches would always be there and he was a teacher at local high school so a math teacher so like any like math stuff which is which a lot of kids struggle with yeah um at first. Yeah. so <laughs> i'm there, there to help answer <laughs> their questions which was really nice yeah no i'm in the i'm in the remedial of the remedial math class i I can tell you that uh i'm still back in 11th grade even though i'm a sophomore in college you know what i'm saying yeah (laughs) um but yeah no so and that that's important you know the first year uh making you do that because a lot of kids can't make that 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 transition you know and especially for you and and just like I um, moved to a new town and you've got to realize as stupid as it is, you know, where's the grocery store and where's the pizza place and where's there to get beer? I mean, let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, there's, there's different things you have to consider. What was the toughest, uh, what was the toughest transition for you in terms of like moving cities? Was there, was there something you're like, man, this is tough. Yeah. So um, actually the very, like it was within the first three days of me uh, getting uh, to Miz for football camp uh, freshman year. So within the three days, uh, me and my girlfriend had just broken up. Like, I think my first day in, like, we kind of realized it wasn't going to work out. Uh, my dog died. And then um, I celebrated my 18th birthday. And, like, nobody knew. It was just. Is that, where the, is that where the band strikes the country song? Because that, that's that's a country song right there. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> anyway. Probably is a country song somewhere. I guess got to Google it somewhere to find it. Um, but, yeah, it was literally just like a combination of all those three things at once. And I just remember saying my room was like man, if I can get through this, like I can get through anything that school throws at me. So I just kind of like took it as best as I could at that point and ended up uh, working out like, uh, you know, spent four years playing college ball there. Absolutely loved it. So what was, uh, do you remember? Okay. So I played hockey and uh, every time that you'd get off the ice, usually people just like go for a stroll, you know, like around the entire rink, like, okay, now I can go and get done. And I remember like my last stroll ever, and and thankfully we won the championship. This was the last game I ever played. Um, but I remember like going through all these like and, and this is probably gonna maybe get into the corny level of me, but like I felt emotional walk like doing that, like coming off the field for the last time. Cause I'm like, it's kind of a chapter in your life where you're like, Okay, I was a kid and I played um sports and I was a young adult and I played sports and now it's like, is this what I'm gonna have to do is carry a briefcase and go into a cubicle every day? Is that what's gonna happen? Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it was sad for me. Did you get that feeling when you when you walked off the field uh in, in Misericordia and, and had to take off the pads for the last time? Yeah, so um my senior year, one of the very last games, oh it was like the third or last game of the season, um I got hurt um and like my foot was like all swollen up. Um, so, um, I couldn't play the next two games and the final game ended up being a bowl game. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get cleared for the next two games at least. So I was like, if I can at least come back for the bowl game, um, my, my foot still wasn't healed at the time, but there was one play, there was one onside kick that coach let me get on. 
So I could just kind of like get on the field. Um, my uh, roommate for uh, two years, he was the kicker. So we just like, I was like lined up next to him. I was just like, kind of like we could have that like moment together. And like, I just remember um, we didn't get the ball. We were down like two touchdowns. Like we lost the game, but it was just nice kind of just to, like be on the field and just be like, man, like just kind of like look, look up at the scoreboard, look up at the fans and stuff just one last time. So yeah, it, it's, it's, something, it's something real, man. I mean, you put in a lot of hours, um, getting good at a craft and and taking care of yourself and and making sure you know the plays and making sure that you get to practice on time and um it's something real man it is it's it's a it's a it's a feeling that's raw and a lot of people uh, that don't play sports wouldn't know uh, I don't think uh, how to feel about that but it, you know it, it it is a real thing so during misericordia um you're gonna talk to your guidance counselor and he's gonna give you some uh he's gonna give you some advice what's what's going on here what's this talk? Yeah, so uh, junior year, I'm looking for um, possible internship opportunities um, because senior year's approaching. Like, I figure out, uh, I I need a uh, 12 credits worth of internship to graduate. And so I was talking to him, and he's like, "Well, what do you really want to do?" I was like, "Well, I really want to get like into wrestling. Like, I'm like big WWE. Like, want to be like a backstage kind of guy for them." Like, okay, well, maybe WWE isn't realistic because you don't have anything in your resume right now. But like, look smaller. Like, look what's around here. If there's anything, I was like you know what, that's actually a really, really good idea. Like, I'm going to see, like, if there's any, like, indie uh, companies around here. And um, so I looked, wrestling companies, you know, the very first one popped up, Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling. I looked, I was like, oh, wow, they have, like, a pretty legit-looking website. Like, um, like, I was looking through the roster page. I was like, looks like they got some, like, guys, like, uh, Bully Ray was listed as the champion at the time. I was like, oh, man, like, Bully Ray's here. Like, that's Well, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh, there's a contact us page. And I just fill it out real quick. Like, hey, I'm this junior from a uh, local school. I was wondering if you have any availability um, possibly for me just like learn under you. And uh, a couple of days later, I got a message from you. And you're just like, uh. we have a show um, this this upcoming Saturday. Uh, come be there um, if you're available. And that show, um, it was the day of our bowl game of junior year. And that year we were really good. We went eight and two, but lost our quarterback uh, a couple of weeks before. So we knew we really didn't have that good of a shot. And plus we only got to practice like twice because of snow. So we weren't feeling good going in. Ended up losing that bowl game 70 to 14. Ooh. Got absolutely destroyed. Um, never got reamed out so bad by a coach in my life <laughs> after that game. Um, and I remember I was just like bitter. was just pissed off. And I was like, oh, shit. It's like seven o'clock already all right i guess i should get going down to wrestling <laughs> so uh, i'll take my terrible mood and and drive down to hazelton <laughs> yeah i have no idea where hazelton is at this point like i passed it going up 81 but i was like i've never actually set foot in hazelton and i was just right. like, all right here we go <laughs> so yeah that was that was not fun at first but uh we got oh through it God. um and yeah eventually met you it'll help tear down yeah i remember um i remember when you contacted us first and it was funny because you actually were the uh, you were actually the uh, the confirmation I needed to to uh, Paul Bo, where I was like, um, we have to figure out how to make this website show up the first on Google, because we're going to get a lot more fans. And if anybody wants to help with like production or, or help get on and even just get on the show, we're going to be the first ones that they see. And I love when you tell the story because you're like, oh, well, it's the first one that popped up. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> a little a little nerd part of me goes, yes, thank gosh. Um, <laughs> but really, it was really awesome that, that you came in. And and I remember uh, the first show you came in was the Brian Cage and Tessa was there. I don't remember what name, what the name of the show was, uh, but you know, there you go. I See. I I said that because I, I was testing you and I knew you were going to know it. And, and I, I remember like, it's funny how everybody remembers their first show. You know what I mean? And like the name and like what day it was, like how they were feeling. How are you feeling coming to this one? I mean, I know you lost the game, but then you, you kind of switch into wrestling mode. Right. And are you excited? Are you nervous um, driving down 81? Um, so I was definitely excited at first. I was like, okay, like I can forget about that. Like if I can just, meet some new people, meet the Scott guy and just kind of see what this is all about. Um, so, um, it was definitely, uh, kind of like mainly excited. I'd say I wasn't too nervous. I was just like, I was like, the biggest thing I was worried about was like, man, where the hell do I park? That was the biggest thing when I got the Hazleton. <laughs> That's always a consideration. And still after four years, I can't answer that. 
I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know where you park. Um, yeah, so we, we come in and before we let's scale way back real quick before we get into the first PPW show. What was your first? Is this your first live event for wrestling or did you go as a kid? Um, what, what was your first live show? Um, so down in New York, um, when I was like five or so, uh, there was some independent uh, wrestling shows. My mom worked the post office. Um, so one of uh, the promoters like came to the post office like, hey, like I know your kids into wrestling stuff, or you must have gotten on topic. Like we're having a show this Saturday. Uh, so that was my very first one. Um, I don't uh, know what the name of the show was, but I know it was like uh, Dirty Deeds. Um, he's the guy who trained. Uh, I know I know Alex knows of Dirty Deeds, and uh, Rich Wong was trained by Dirty Deeds. Um, he was he was the guy who was like running this first show um, that I ever went to, and then. Since then, like I was a big like WWE guy. Like anytime they came to like Hershey or Baltimore, like I was there. Sometimes yep. even Philly. So your first, wow, that's interesting. So your first live show was an independent wrestling show. It wasn't a WWE show, a house show that they came. It was actually an independent show. Do you mm-hmm. do you remember like did you, did you meet any of the wrestlers there that night, or were you just like, can I touch the ring? Like I remember like when I came, like I wonder if they'll let me touch the ring. Yeah. <laughs> I you bring that up. So, um, Jimmy Snuka was the name they brought in, uh, at the time. So, um, I got my t-shirt autographed by him. Um, because cool. yeah, I didn't bring anything to get autographed. I got, so I got a t-shirt autographed. Um, and then I don't know if it was at the very end of the show or like ambush or something like that, but they had like all these, all like, like kids coming in, like dancing in the ring with like the people, like for some of like the wrestlers and stuff. So, um, got to be in the ring. I like, always thought like, you know, I make like that big, like cane, like entrance climb over top rope. And I was like, wow, these things are huge. Like I could go and go through like, the first rope at the time. <laughs> So um, the middle rope still to this day is like, I got to hop over it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I checked it out. I was like, the middle rope's like perfect, like hip level for me where I can like get over it without any issue. <laughs> That's wild. So you're in the ring. You're like, I need one of these at home. That's yeah. what I, mean. oh my <laughs> <Yeah. God. laughs> I got the closest thing as a trampoline. So uh, that was uh, is, that, my is that where all the wrestling shows is that where all the wrestling shows down at the France house went down on the oh, trampoline? Yeah. Yeah, like half the neighborhood would come and, you know, we'd have like whole like wrestling matches and stuff. I, I remember like one of the first events that I ever went to, it was just a, uh, um, <laughs> here's my age. I'm older than you now, obviously. Um, they used to, they used to film like superstars and wrestling challenge and stuff all in the same night. And uh, I went there to Binghamton and I remember forever. I will always remember Greg Valentine's music hitting. And it was just like this stupid theme song where it was like this hammer hitting an anvil. Right. And it was nothing. But I was like, oh, my God, this is big time right now. And I took my girlfriend. It was back like 2015 to, to the um, to Philly. And I and before the show starts, I'm like, this was an important thing for me as a kid where like the first time you hear the theme music come over the, the, the arena, you're like, Whoa. And then I got Zach Ryder going, woo, woo, woo as the first part of that. And I'm like, okay, that didn't land. Well, do do you remember, do you remember a moment where you were at the show and you were like, Holy cow, like this is really cool. Like to go to live, like this is even better than watching on TV. Um, now that indie show I was talking about, I don't really remember too much from that. Like I just remember getting in the ring at one point. Um, but the first like DOE show I went to was, I think it was Backlash in 2006, where um Kurt Angle and Undertaker had a really good uh yeah. had a really good match. Um, it was like right, yeah right before me in time, and Kurt Angle and Undertaker tore the house down. Um, but Batista came back. Um, because he was hurt at the time, like he came back for a quick promo. And um, I got on the big screen because I was like bowing down to him, like I was like doing like one of these things. <laughs> yeah. and I just look at everybody seeing me on like the big screen. I was like, I made it! Like, oh my god! Like, I'm gonna be a superstar! <laughs> like, I thought it was the coolest thing. You've got some pretty cool firsts, man. Uh, an indie wrestling show for the first time, going to a pro wrestling show, and then being on the, the screen at a, at a pay per view. You debuted at the pay per view. You went to the first. Man, I'm kind of jealous. I got to be honest with you. That's pretty good stories there um so okay so let's get back to to the ppw timeline i told you i'm not good at this so we're gonna head all over it's a twister um but you contact me and it is brian cajun and tessa are there uh, it's ppw vision you walk in uh who do you meet first do you meet me first or or, or do you meet paul who what, what's your first you walk into the building what what is it um i believe the first person i met was rob miller so um because he was working on the ticketing at the time and I was like, um, like I walk up and uh, Jack Swagger's just coming out for the main events, Swagger versus Alpha. 
And I was like, holy shit, Swagger's on the show. I didn't even like notice that. Um, and then, uh, so I'm talking to Rob and he was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for Scott final. Like, do you know where Scott is? And he's like, um, he'll be available. Like after this match is the main event, like you can just sit up in the bleachers real quick and grab him afterwards. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, thank God I don't have to pay for a ticket. Cause I didn't bring any cash with me. Um, and then the main event happens. Uh, it's a pretty good match between Swagger and Alpha. And then, um, I remember just like looking around and you were just nowhere to be found at first. And I was like, <laughs> oh, crap. All right. Well, what if he's not even here? What if I just drove all this way for nothing? Like, just put me in an even worse mood. Is um, there even a Scott fine out? Is there even yeah. a real person? <laughs> they just get catfished and wrestling. Sadly, there is. <laughs> he catfished and wrestling. Like, I'm scared to meet somebody I don't who no one is here by that name. I don't know. He got not <laughs> All right. So then um, I don't really even remember, to be honest, how we got into Tom Mitchell being the backstage commentator. Was that something you brought up to me? No. So this is, um, this is at the impact show, actually. Um, impact. They needed a backstage guy. That um, was okay. Yeah. Okay. And they wanted you, you remember, uh, they wanted you yeah. at first to do it. Yep. And you're like, no, we got this kid who we like, uh, we just don't know what to do with right now. Come show day. And we actually would really think he'd go do well as a backstage announcer. So that's kind of how that happened for me. And then, yeah, I remember uh, I, I didn't remember that that was I thought you were doing commentating before that. That's funny because I remember Jimmy Jacobs coming up to me and he's like, yeah, we want you to do the, some backstage. Stuff. I didn't want to do it, dude. Like, I didn't want to do it. Like at the time, like I now, too, I have long hair and I didn't have a hat on and I hate I grow my hair out for the cancer for the kids and I cut it every whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not for style. So I don't like it. So I'm like always wearing a hat and he's like, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, throw your hat. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a killer. OK, so um, I got this guy. <laughs> he's amazing i remember i'm like he looks way better than me dude like a good looking guy he knows how to talk he's everything that you'd ever want he's dressed up better he's i, I sold the shit out of it and i, I tried it, it that was the thing like with the impact show i've always been told like when you get in situations like that for me i don't i don't really care about the impact show i i thought that there was a lot of other people that would have appreciated it more and i thought there was a lot of other people that could have um been impacted by it more so i tried to get everybody else on and uh, got Paul on commentary for a little bit, but I sat back, man. But I wish you would have gotten that shot because you would have killed it. You really would have. You would have killed it. And, and I wasn't just giving that. Uh, I wasn't giving your name to get out of it. I was giving your name because I thought you genuinely would have killed it better than I would. And, and I was like, let's just throw this kid into the into the into the mm-hmm. into the shark tank and see if he can swim around them all. And I think you know, I think you would have. So okay, so you become the PPW commentator. We're like, hey, that's probably a good idea to do this on on high voltage uh, from now on. So yeah, I remember you had a I remember you had a really good uh, um, chemistry. I guess is the word I'm looking for with with the uh, arrogance of excellence and. Yes. Uh, yeah, you you did some really cool work with them. Talk about uh, talk about working some you know the first the first show that you did as a commentator and who you kind of gelled with the most. You know, um, so the very first show, um, I got I got to go a lot of credit to Tyler because Tyler um, Herbert he was the one who actually um, helped me would go up to like the rest and be like, hey, like we need an interview. Like I'm the interview guy. Uh, so uh, Jai Moran and Clutch Adams are two of the easiest guys to work with in PPW. Like they're always like, yeah, man, like whatever you need, like I got you. Um, yeah. And they're, they're the tag team at the time. And I didn't really know them, but um, at least I didn't know them then. So uh, when I interviewed them, uh, they were just super cool. And like, I could just tell like Moran and Clutch play off each other really well. And I was just kind of like, they're just kind of be like that, like offered guy, like, oh man, like these are two like huge dudes. Cause they are big dudes. And it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna be like, wow like there, there's a reason that it can't kind of uh, yeah um you, so so like when it records they're like okay you're on like do you just fall into a zone or or are you like uh, okay <laughs> like do you um, know what you're gonna say or, or how does that happen so it's fine because some people like i have um i kind of have a base idea of what i'm gonna say another one's just like all right we need an interview um all right, I'm thinking something on the fly. You're gonna say something on the fly, kind of thing. Just make it 30 seconds or 60, whatever the case is. Um, but yeah, most of the time though, it's just kind of like on the fly. Like, hey, can I get an interview real quick? Sure. And it's just like, oh, okay. They said sure. All right, now I gotta think of something real quick uh, to ask them. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's tough. It's a tough mm-hmm. job. It's a tough job, and you gotta get you gotta get a lot of wrestlers over, um, and not get yourself over. And I think that's what um you did good is y- you have what everybody talks about is is the jackets which are 
flawless. Where do you get these jackets at? Everybody wants to know. Everybody asks me this question. I don't have an answer for them. All right. So um, there's a bunch of different places, honestly. You know, I got a pretty diverse uh, jacket shopping collection. So um, I got the very first one I wore to PPW, like that, like salmon pink one. Um, that was from Bonton when Bonton was going out of business. Uh, they, um, I just remember seeing like jackets there. My mom's like, oh, you need like professional jackets for like interviews and stuff. And I saw that one. It's like, no, I need that one. I was like, that's a jacket I want. Um, I ended up getting like a, a black jacket or whatever. And then um, I don't know. I just always collect the ties as well. So I had a pretty big tie collection I could mix in. And then uh, the ones that I had in January, it was like the blue one that like glittered and like you could change colors and stuff. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. That was actually a Christmas gift from my grandma. Uh, she got another one like that. That was good debut at the Super Show. I'm not gonna say what color it was, but uh, I was good. I was my plan was to debut that Super Show. Um, so three. your grandma, your grandma gave you the blue jacket. Yeah. Yep. And she knows like the gimmick. Like it's mm-hmm. she's all in. Oh, she loves it. She thinks it's hilarious. The whole family thinks it's hilarious. What I do. Yeah, I was gonna say like, how's your family take that? Do they be like, oh my god, it's ridiculous? Or are they like, you're really doing good? Keep going. Is it like a supportive thing? Like, where they're like, keep going with this, or do they want you to do something else? Um, only one who like has hesitancies is my dad. He's like, oh well, you're not getting paid, like and stuff. I'm like, dad, like I like first of all, like I'm having fun right now, and second of all, like I'm, like, I'm learning way more than like I ever would have like expected to. Um. So like, I was like, I'm not stressing about pay. Like, I just want to like enjoy, like have fun, like meet new people, and like I get to like talk to like these, like I don't know, say like a Summer Ray or like Dean Malenko or Coco Beware, like these people who like I saw when I was a kid. Like, I just get to talk to them, interview them. Um, so I don't know. Besides my dad, everyone else is super supportive. Yeah, I've seen oh. your dad be supportive online though. You know, he likes your stuff every now and then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. he's um, definitely supportive. Um, like with what I do. Um, I guess I phrase it wrong. Um, he supports me with like wrestling. He's just like, oh well, like, yeah, look for something like, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't blame him. I really can't. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking for that paycheck, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, all right, so um, you get in, you get into wrestling, and you you talked about how many people you got to talk to, and and I remember telling my friend about um about Coco Beware coming in. And I was like, yo, yeah, we're going to do a show with Coco. And he's like, with who? And I'm like, Coco Beware. He's like, oh, my God. He's like, gets excited because he's a little older than me. So, like, he's he's down with, like, the old Coco Beware. Before the Birdman, even, he used to he used to be a legitimate wrestler, like the Mid-South. I mean, he's, he's a legitimate wrestler as the Birdman. But you know what I mean. No gimmick yeah. or whatever. And he was, like, really excited. And then I had that in my head when you were interviewing him. I'm like, man, Mitch has got to be excited. I'm like, probably not, actually, because the Birdman's – way before you was there a guy that you recorded or girl that you had an interview with or an interaction with or you like holy cow you know what i mean um so molino is probably the one for me um where i was like holy cow like i thought she was like the prettiest thing growing up like you know she was like she was like right there with my miss my teenage years it was like when she was like really big and i was like like oh my god like and i get to like talk to her and she's like the sweetest, like most down to earth person. Literally, was, like we were just talking just about life in general for like 15 minutes. I was like, it was it was really cool because like most times I like, never meet your idols, but like I wouldn't consider her an idol, but like I was just like, wow, like she's just like the coolest person. I would never expect it, especially like you know when you're reading online, you hear like these bad stories about people and stuff, and like no, Melina was like an absolute sweetheart. So, what what you have know, you learned through like what have you learned through this whole process of like having to um learn on the fly i mean let's be honest you are learning on the fly you you you've adapted real well but uh there's still some things that uh we all have to learn and and you didn't really get like a hey here's um commentating 101 for the wrestling business like sit down and take notes like you just learn what did you learn about yourself doing this whole thing um i learned just how much fun it can be just be comfortable in your own skin so tom mitchell is like my like geeky weirdness turned out to a thousand like you know how they say the rest best wrestling gimmicks is just you times a thousand like that's just like my like weird like quirky self times a thousand is pretty much tom mitchell where i'm just kind of like oh like what's going on over here like what's i'm like listening in trying to figure out what's going on um so 
what I learned is just like how much fun like you can just be like as yourself and like people will embrace you and people will still like you and if they don't then like it's like at the end of the day like it's not gonna like affect you too much like you know you just keep just keep being yourself just keep having fun doing what you're doing and you you'll have fans or you'll have detractors but luckily for me i've had mainly fans so yeah the, the you have had a lot of fans there's a, i think uh i think it's as far as the television show is concerned the professionalism that you put on the on the on the uh on the screen really does a lot for the show so i really do and I, and, and that's why you do have fans and you're like oh my god this guy not only is he dressing like craig sager every time and he's like just looks like a, a crazy right like you get attention and it works um have you ever thought about doing other things in there have you have you had a passion for wanting to manage have you had a passion for wanting to commentate have uh, are, are there other things or are you like i found my thing and i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna keep doing this thing i mean one of the things i uh, wanted to learn was how to take a bump in case like i ever really like in case someone want, really wants to get physical with me, like that way I know I like protect myself. Um, so that was one of the things where, like, especially with this uh, pandemic, I just couldn't think of it. I was like, man, like, how cool it would be, like, even like show up in a rumble or something like that, and like, you know, get the shit Paul kicked Bro out. Paul did it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Paul, um, EJ. They wanted me to do it. I said, there's absolutely no chance of it happening. There's no chance of it happening. I'm not jumping over that top rope. I'm. I, listen, I'm a goalie. Okay, I don't jump over boards. I don't jump over anything. Okay, I stand flat-footed. That's all I do. That's what Scots are are built for. <laughs> but you know, it it have been it have been cool. You know, to bring Tom Mitchell. Could you imagine Tom Mitchell with the blue with the blue sparkly suit, um, walking down? Oh man, you'd get a hell of a pop. You would. I know you're too humble to admit it, but you'd get it. You'd get a huge pop. You would. <laughs> That's funny, I, I think the show I wore uh, my blue suit that was uh the Rumble show. Now, part of the, the part of the thing, um, part of the other thing that you do here that a lot of people don't know is um, the website stuff. Now, you, you people know that you write for the website, but um, you've had to learn a lot in terms of the backstage of professional wrestling. And just, I mean, we can call it, we call it two years, right? But mm -hmm. it's really a year of work where you're learning on the fly for a year. Um, what did you learn in your first year in terms of how the wrestling business worked? Were you somebody that was like oh, I, I figured this out because i read it all or were you like oh that's how they do that um one of the things i didn't realize is just how much the wrestling business is constantly changing and how like things can change in the blink of an eye and how you always got to be ready for it um so like for example a super show no uh pbw sixth anniversary show excuse me um they uh big cast was originally supposed to fight clutch adams i believe it was the match um and of course like uh cast the weekend before like got into like an altercation he had some like kind of altercation backstage and like he was entering rehab and it was just like crap well there goes one of our main marquee matches and it's like the day before the show oh all of a sudden divon's here hey mitch i'm gonna need you to write something for that real quick just like announcing divon dudley's coming it's just like all right like heads a million miles an hour um but then uh in october i remember just like the next month there was two shows back to back like weekends and the impact show like uh two weekends after the second show so I just remember having to like constantly crank out uh, stories and stuff for that. So I just, just constantly just like in a state of flux where it's just like card really is subject to change up to the very last minute was one of the things I didn't really realize. Yeah. You know, that's a really way, good way to say that card subject to change both inside the ring and behind the curtain and more so behind the curtain where things change. Um, I, I, I remember a, a ton of things where we were supposed to get, Oh, Adam Rose was supposed to come here. I think this made it maybe predated you, but he was supposed to come and he was like, Oh yeah, sorry. I can't, uh, I, my, my flight's wrong. So we had to, he first, he was going to be an hour late and then we had to write the show for that. And then he was going to be two hours late. And then we realized that he was just messing with us and he wasn't coming at all. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, this is fun. Like, so wrestling, wrestling has a lot of things like that, where a lot of the fans who might be sitting in the third row, don't really understand all the stuff that comes into it. They see what happens on the show and they go, Oh, well, that's stupid. And it's like, well, yeah, most people behind the scenes think that too, because this guy didn't show up and he didn't bother to call. You know what I mean? 
you've always uh you've always been professional in that regard i really appreciated that uh working with you at ppw and, and what do you think uh what do you think you you plan on doing here in the future? Are, do you plan on branching out from PPW? Are you gonna Are you gonna stay? I mean, with PPW exclusively, or is, is Tom Mitchell looking to move on? What What's what What do you see here in the next couple of years for you? I mean, um, honestly, kind of what Paul does is kind of what I want to do. Where as far as like where he's like mainly PPW, like people know, people know him as like PPW's guy, but. He also goes to like true shows or like PWE. Like he'll like go to different shows like as like they kind of need him or if they want got offering. So I think what Paul does is great. Like like I'm a PPW guy like through and through. Like obviously like I help like I help with you um building up like the website like the social media things of that nature. So um like obviously PPW has a big part of my heart um wrestling wise. So um but when I first joined PPW like the goal was AAE but. I don't think that's as realistic as it is now. Like, so I'm, I'm just mainly, I'm definitely gonna be a PPW guy now from, from here on out. And then if I can get other bookings around, then sweet. You hear that? He's looking for other bookings, people. You get them. <laughs> you will. You will get them. I know you will. And um, it, it's cool that that that's how I feel. Like, not towards PPW. I mean, I love PPW, but it's uh. It, my first company was 3dw which has long been gone um and it, it had nothing to do with the dudley boys um but uh it was an awful name but um I, i'll always remember that november 29 2011 show see um where you know you kind of have that piece of your heart in that promotion where it's like i cut my teeth here uh they gave me the break um they deserve it you know to for me to be there so i, I dig that about you as well with the with the with, with being loyal um, to the people that brought you. And I remember the first night uh, that you were there, I think you went out to Applebee's with us that night. I was like, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm like, here's the thing. Like the show is cool to go to go to Applebee's not, like afterwards, because you're going to like, um, you're going to meet a lot of people there that, that are going to help you out quite a bit. And that's, I think when uh, Paul went and me and you and, and Alex, I think was there even. Yeah. Yeah. What is that like for you? Because like for me, when I went to Evolve, I, I was like you. I, I didn't know anyone. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to suck. I just got to sit here and watch everybody else interact with everybody else. Yeah, that's, awesome. I mean? that's what I was afraid of um, <laughs> when I first got there. But uh, I got to give a lot of credit to you because you're actually like talking to me and like asking me questions and stuff. Right? So I wasn't just sitting there like, oh, God, here's like 10 people I don't know. <laughs> but, like when, when is my food get here kind of thing. So, um, yeah, no, you're, you're just um, asking me questions about, like, bring you into wrestling, like, some favorites, just, just like, you know, just, like, small talk like that. And it's just like, okay, thank, thank God someone's talking to me. And uh, yeah, I, Tyler was talking to me as well, so it was nice. Well, I felt for you, man, because, like, I felt that, like, even I was going through that moment, you know, with Evolve, like, at, about that time or maybe a year before that where I was like, oh, God, this sucks for this guy. But I think uh, networking and wrestling is huge. And I think the more people you know – the better chances you get to get on more shows uh you've done a good job with networking there and uh and and throughout ppw you're you're pretty well liked um i know a couple of people that hate you know i'm just joking but um you know there's <laughs> well i know a couple fans that might hate you um but uh but that's good um you need a mixture but yeah no i, th I think that that was a that was a cool thing we'd always go down to two guys i remember and, and and eat some and eat some pizza with some wrestlers and shit and, and that was uh that was always fun too i i can't wait for for wrestling to get back uh when it does come back are you going to be what's your attitude like is is it different from from before the pandemic where you were just going in a rut or, or are you more more focused more balanced what what is it like now for you um i think that i would be more grateful um because i feel like kind of like getting into 2020 like i was definitely still having like a lot of fun what i was doing but it's just like all right another show another like i was just kind of like used to like the, the like just like repeating like all right here's a show like instead of just like being like wow like you never really know when your last show can be like your last you know like just like football like you never know when like the last play is coming or anything like that like one one injury or anything one pandemic can take out your uh, right. whole whole year so um just definitely just being a lot more grateful um and just really just enjoying the time just like having more fun like the guys in the back like with if you fall um the whole all all the owners like so um just yeah just really just being grateful is the biggest thing that i'm thinking i'm gonna realize when i come back from this 
I, I think that's something that a lot of people in the business can take from that from from you there is is being grateful. I think a lot of us get into the rut of going to a show every week or three shows a week and being like <sighs> and it's like, dude, forget all the drama at the Wawa or the guy who caught you off on 81 or remember that you're here and there's like 200 people around the ring that aren't. And that's like something to remember, you know what I mean? And I think that's uh, something that's good for, uh, for you to keep because I can tell you like being 11 years into this business, uh, you do lose sight of that at times. And I'm guilty of that where it's like, man, this TV show isn't working. This guy didn't call. He's not showing up. This guy's broke on the highway. The, the flight messed up because Rich Schwann slept in the, in the, um, you know, <laughs> away from the <laughs> was, was I too specific there? But, um, you know what I mean? You're like, man. And it's like, yeah, but we get to do this every single month. And that's really cool. A lot of fans don't understand how hard it is to put together a show and not just on show day, but like you were talking about earlier is, you know, writing stuff and then rewriting stuff and taking the stuff that you wrote prior down because it's no longer relevant. There's a lot of mismashing when it comes to professional wrestling. And it's, it's really, it's really tough to navigate, man. Mm -hmm. You've done it. You've done a good job with it. I think that, uh, I think the future is bright for you, Mr. Mitchell. I really do. I really do. And, uh, I think, you know, if you ever wanted to, uh, get on commentary and start trying to do that, I would vouch for you as well. Uh, you know, it's something you should you should think of. Have you ever thought of doing a podcast? Why are you not on this thing? What's going on here? Why am I forced to do this? And 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 you're not forced to do this. What's going on with this? Hey man, I'm I'm best at talking in like 20 seconds at a time, not for hours at <laughs> time. So that's why I had me backstage, you know, just asking, oh, how you feeling about tonight? And showing my girlfriend someone else's face. I think that's why they don't have me on the podcast. Maybe you could do like um maybe you could do like 20 second clips and we could just keep watching them maybe just you know just 20 second cuts of a whole hour long podcast and if people can do that you know you're onto something man no seriously you should try it you really should i don't mean to be like alex and every time i talk to somebody go you should do a podcast but just try it man i think you'd be good at it but hey man i, I appreciate you being on this podcast this is cool we're gonna have to do this again um eventually when i get better at this stuff but i i, re I appreciate you uh going down this bumpy road with me not your life my interview style um and uh <laughs> and 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 really just kind of uh giving some people some thoughts i didn't know you were in a band i didn't know that you have the coolest first stories of events ever where you go to an indie wrestling show and then you and then the first wwe show you go to is a pay-per-view are you out of your mind man how do you get that lucky Oh man, it's, it's funny because I'm um, going into that. Like, they didn't even tell me that we were gonna go to that pay per view. Like we were like, oh yeah, we're just gonna go to Baltimore. Um, and ESPN Zone was down there at the time. Like yeah, we're gonna just have a fun day in ESPN Zone. And it was just like, I mean, you know, big sports guy myself. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, and then like, I was, like I was like, wow, we we're there for a while. I was like something doesn't feel right. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, by the way, like backlashes for like like 30 minutes, so we gotta get going. I was like, wait that's a second, awesome. or not backlash? No way, yeah, that's what it was. Excuse me yeah it's that's so, awesome that's so cool dude and like who'd you go with you went with uh your, your brothers yeah so it was my brothers uh, my mom um my uncle and then uh like my uncle's like best friend and then uh my aunt as well so what do your brothers think specific specifically about you being in wrestling i mean i know you, you said your family's really supportive but are your brothers like yo stop flexing or are you like, are um, they like yo what are you doing in this business <laughs> so um they really, they just think it's fun. Like they like watch my interviews and stuff. Um, I remember when Kelly Kelly came though in July. Uh, my older brother like <laughs> loves Kelly Kelly. He's like, dude, you you gotta get you gotta give me an autograph from Kelly Kelly. You gotta give me an autograph. I'm I'm like, bro, like she's literally having an autograph session. Like you can go off and like talk to her. Like if you come to the event, I was like, yeah, I was like, I think it's like twenty bucks. Like autographs, like thirty bucks. Whatever the case was, I was like, pay fifty bucks and you get to talk to like the girl who like you dreamed about ever since you were like thirteen. So. Uh, he ended up not coming. Um, uh, more than that, but he got scared. He did. He he, he got cold feet. <laughs> um, Honestly, if I knew the story uh, between her and Frank Boris and how he had to go to like Alta and Sephora and every other place under the sun, I'd probably be scared of her too. Yeah, I mean, and just like backstage of her, like like a bunch of, like the girls were bringing are like super nice, but like her, like I don't know, you could just kind of tell like she didn't want to be there, like she thought she was above everybody. So. Yep um yep. is that Man, like i hate to talk to people but like she's one of the ones where it's just like 
man, I don't like like that was like one of the ones where it was like, oh, like one of the people who I really like thought was like really cool and it's just not a great. Yeah, person. not not needing to throw any other names out there. It's cool that you did that one. I don't I don't care. But um honestly, I mean, you know, if if you're hard to deal with, you're hard to deal with. You know what I mean? That's just the bottom yeah. line. Don't be hard to deal with, then I won't have to say it. You know, it's pretty simple. But um, you know, that have you got that feeling a lot where it's like Man, I can't wait to meet these guys. I can't wait to meet this guy. I watched him on TV all the time. And then it's like, hey, man, how are you doing? I'm, I, you know, I'm this and that. And you try to put yourself to, uh, you know, of, of, of a good introduction and you do a good introduction and they're like, huh. And you're like, man, that sucks. Like, that's a bad feeling, right? Like, have you got that a lot? I haven't gotten that too much. Um, one, uh, this is sort of similar. Right? I kind of got that feeling. Um, was when Austin Aries and Frank Muir came in. Now Austin Aries and Frank Muir are both like really cool dudes. Um, I, I like them. I like working with them. I did interviews with them. Uh, but there was one moment where uh Frank Muir's phone buzz. It was on like the uh, it was on um like one of the chairs, like the metal chairs, like it vibrated. I was like what's that vibration? I looked down and like, I think it was like his wife or something texted him, and I was like, oh god, like. And then, like, you guys kind of both look at the family, look up, and like, he usually that look where he's like, I will kill you in your sleep. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, like, I can like never show my face around here ever again whenever he comes to these shows or else I'm dead. <laughs> I, I don't know what in my godforsaken mind made me look down at that phone, but I remember looking down, like, oh my God, I'm a dead man walking. Like, I'm about to get choked out right here in the men's locker room, the Holy Family Academy. I didn't meet. I like. I didn't even talk to Frank when he was here. I talked to Austin. He was a. He was a weird cat. He was telling me about how he went to um, this Halloween party, and he dressed as a blind guy. But the thing was, he's such a worker. He's like, I'm gonna work this entire room. They're gonna really think I'm blind. <laughs> he did it the whole night. And then he's like, Yeah. He's like, Then the weekend after, I'm out, and and I went with one of my friends. This, you know this girl that I know it was her party and I went there and was being an asshole pretending that I was you know blind and then I'm out at this uh restaurant the week after and they see me walking around and they're like yo aren't you that blind and he's like it was really awkward and I'm like this is the conversation he's telling me as I'm like hey I'm Scott <laughs> a weird dude a really weird dude you know what I mean there's mm-hmm. all kinds of characters and I don't know if you feel this way but I just feel like wrestling is this subculture which of awesomeness but at the same time there are some crazy cats around this ring man and behind that curtain <laughs> I think you gotta be just a little bit crazy to be like alright yep wrestling this is my, this is what I want to do I want to go out take bumps and just like put my body on the line for people so have you ever thought about that have you ever thought about being a wrestler I have honestly yeah um, What's a lot you? more a lot more when I was younger. Um, sure. I was thinking about being a wrestler. And then um, I remember like high school, I was looking like, if there's any wrestling schools near me. And the only one that was really close by was like MCW, which is like an hour drive. And at the time, like I was, just only had my permit, like didn't even have my driver's license. So, like, yeah, I probably won't be able to catch a ride like every every night. Like I'll drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, cool. um, so did you think that like you did? Is that the only thing that stopped it? Um. It was then uh, when I started playing college football, and I was like, "Man, like I can't, I can't, like my body, like if I like rest on top of this, like I'm gonna be like paralyzed at 40." So, yeah, no, that, that was kind of my thinking. I get it. That's why I don't do it. I'm like, I have the pain tolerance of like a three year old. So like, I see somebody get bashed in the head with like a light tube, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll never be in that match." They're like, "Oh no, you will in wrestling. You'll do that. You'll eventually do that." I'm like, "No, I eventually won't. I will never do this." <laughs> doing this i'm gonna stand on the outside of the ring and i'm just gonna talk shit that's what i'm gonna do do. and for some reason for a decade this has lasted me i don't know how that's happened but um no that's interesting that's interesting because i could see you as a wrestler you know because just because you know you're in football and you know how to like train and you know how to like you got good endurance i'm sure you're in defensive back for christ's sake i mean there's there's a lot of things there that would be like oh wow that's the next step but you do you do ring you do uh backstage uh real well uh both uh, the website and being on the camera so stay there man and do yeah. more of these and get more comfortable i'm telling you podcasting's where it's at it's fun you can do it i'm looking for that tom Mitchell podcast in 2024 I'm giving you three <laughs> years to get better, and then and then we can go forty second clips. 
we'll that? call it Tom's Tales or something like that. I yeah, like just... it. You've already yeah. got the branding built in. See, man, I got you walking now. We'll get you running. We'll we'll get you there. You <laughs> want it? Well, hey, man, thank you. I really appreciate everything today. Um, we'll do this more. This is the second episode of many, and uh, some people uh, I feel I have more stories that we can go over. I feel you're one of those people. Um, and uh, I feel I, I feel like we should do this again at some point. Definitely, man. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Appreciate you for even inviting me on. Oh, man. No, appreciate all the work you've done at PPW and for me personally. Uh, and a good friend, man. So I appreciate that. And uh, I don't know who's going to be on next. I have no idea. We run this by the seat of our pants. So we're just <laughs> going to uh, we just hit record when we get people. So, um, you know, <laughs> hopefully this one wasn't as bumpy as the first one. That way, more people want to come on. But this might be the last episode. Who knows? Not to your fault, to mine. <laughs> all right. Well, hey. I'll, won't be the best feeling though. Knowing I was the last episode, I was the one that got canceled. All right, then that's confirmed. There's going to be at least one more. At right, least perfect. one more of these. But all right, perfect. man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was a good talk. Definitely, man. Thank you.